Hello. Hello. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> you know. Uh, I feel old and sad and irrelevant as though the world has just passed me by. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, with you. And uh, I wish I could say I felt like the world had passed us by because of some brilliant innovation that we couldn't keep up with or some amazing new fucking burgeoning talent that we were like, oh, they've got it. We, we don't need to do it anymore. Um, right. But I feel the world has uh, passed me by because um, uh, entertainment is absolute fucking garbage. And um, yeah, because people, you know, worship mediocrity. Yes. And, and somehow if a piece of mediocre trash hits on a theme that you agree <laughs> with, uh, you've did people decide it's it's uh it's good um yeah so welcome back everyone yeah it's been a while <laughs> the the rage compelled us to reunite after right right it's Tara and tacos and we're christy and michael and yeah we have not had a, a recorded an episode together for a little bit for reasons for reasons and um but here we're back because we were super excited. We were super excited. I was excited, weren't you? I was. I was excited. Yeah, we were excited about this new uh, limited series, or I don't know if it's going to be ongoing or limited series on CBS. Be called- 12 seasons. Oh, God. <laughs> of Clarice, uh, yeah. based on the famous character Clarice Starling from the... Um, um, Hannibal Lecter books, I guess we should call them, from Silence of the Lambs and, you know, um, those other stories. Yeah. Um, and Silence of the Lambs is one of our favorites, you know. Yeah, um, um, it's it because it's good. Best, it's one of the best uh, horror, thriller, suspense movies ever made. Yeah. <laughs> Academy, uh, won five Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I mean, not that awards mean anything. They don't mean anything, Michael. But no. but it it did. It was recognized as a, I th- and I think it's thirty years old. Yeah, this year. Um, this year, and so a lot of people have been revisiting it uh, as far as like writing essays about it and why is it still relevant? Why is it not relevant? What does Clarice mean to us now? Whatever, whatever. And I mean, that just goes to show you that for 30 years, people have been talking about this movie and Jonathan Demme certainly did some cinema cinematography things in that movie that are abs- that were that are beautiful still and groundbreaking. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it is too far a jump to suggest that this movie uh, Silence of the Lambs, um, even though you like, I love Manhunter, which came out before. I do too. And um, that, that is Michael Mann. Yeah. Uh, but Silence of the Lambs might have um, a larger impact on the, the entire serial killer genre mm-hmm. um, than any other single work. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if you took Silence of the Lambs out of the 
picture, I don't think we have half of the procedural dramas that exist on television today. No, I don't. I don't think so either. Um, we certainly would not have a show like Mind Hunter. No, no, um, and not not to to downgrade or any shade to David Fincher, who's also brilliant. But you know, it's uh, it it really was kind of a template, you know, because we did have the the. I mean, like, I, I guess you could say like the grandfather of the of the serial killer esque, right. Would mm -hmm. be psycho Alfred Hitchcock psycho, sure. I guess, but that is a whole other category. Like that's a whole but, different yeah. category. And I think what silence of the lambs does. And I think, um, I mean, I don't know if people would, would buy into this as well, but I would argue it. I think silence of the lambs and twin peaks essentially established the realm of that genre mm -hmm. and what silence of the lambs and twin peaks in a very different lynchian way right uh, does is um it it splits its focus in in psycho um the people who get norman it's not like we have a cop or fbi agent figure that's our main focus that's not to say there isn't a cop in psycho but it's right. a, it's more about janet lee's uh sister and former lover um figuring this shit out right kind of stumbling right. it's not a brilliant it's not i mean it, it's Holmes and moriarty right right but, but for in a much more violent sort of horrific way is yeah. what, uh, to me what silence of uh, that genre has become and i think lambs introduced us to Lambs. I'm just calling it lambs, Christy. Call it lambs. But you, have to, you say it, you have to say it like like Jodie Foster does it as Clarice, where she goes, lambs. <laughs> what did you see, Clarice? I I think it also it gives us it's I mean it it sets up the idea of like only another only like a brilliant FBI agent. Uh, or almost to be a, a student. I mean, she's still a, a trainee. Yeah. But we need another fucking serial killer right. to help us get the killer we're tracking, right? Right. Um, the idea that we need another mind that works in that way. Right. Um, it, to me, it's influence. You can't unravel it, how how much influence Silence of the Lambs has had on, on the genre. Right. So in case y'all have been living under a rock for the mm -hmm. past 30 years, 30 years. or weren't, uh, or weren't. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are talking a little bit about Sil We because we were going to watch Clarice. So we were like, let's go back and watch silence of the lambs, mm -hmm. which I always do anyway. Um, so it's one of those movies that I do sometimes just have it on because I just love it. It's so, so good. This time around, I was like, I'm going to put it on and I'm going to put everything else away. I'm going to make some notes. Mm -hmm. And I have some notes uh, just to remind myself of what it is that is absolutely brilliant about this film. So Silence of the Lambs centers around Clarice Starling, played by Jodie Foster, who is, as Michael said, a fledgling FBI agent. She is mm -hmm. still at the Academy when the movie starts. Um, and there is a terrifying serial killer on the loose and they can't peg him. They don't know what he's even about. And they Crawford, who is head of that division at the FBI, played by um, Scott, Scott Glenn. Yeah, man. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So good. I love Scott. Um, I, love I do too. I love everything about him. Um, you know, um, recruits Starling, Clary Starling, to go talk to Hannibal Lecter, who has already been, who's been in prison. Yeah. Like he's in a dungeon. Yes. <laughs> um, because he's also a serial killer. He's a serial killer. He's a Hannibal the cannibal. Yeah. And so that's where our movie starts. Um, and the, the I'm just going to, I say it all the time. And you may have, you may be sick of me saying it, Michael, but this movie is so much about Clarice, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, Anthony Hopkins plays Hannibal Lecter and he's on film for like not even 30 minutes. Right. And he fucking stole the show because he's Anthony Hopkins and he's great and all that stuff. But the movie is about Clarice's journey. Definitely. Uh And she is, she is not like 007. She is not like Jason Bourne. She is not that kind of like flashy maverick, badass agent of the government or whatever. Mm-hmm. She is a young, hard working woman from a poor working class background who wants to succeed, who is ambitious, who follows the rules and is brilliant. Yes. Um, and that is, that is her, that's what makes her a, a, iconic and it's also i'm gonna say this and i hope you understand what I'm, like it's also like her her tragedy a little bit you know it's what makes her so kind of relatable to to certain of us of a certain age mm-hmm. you know and the whole movie is about being that kind of woman right being a woman and navigating a world that is controlled by men <laughs> yeah, I, and and in this movie specifically like giant men <laughs> yes i mean the shot in the elevator is one of the smartest quickest shots on film i've ever seen I, right. I i don't know how else to say it so this i took some notes and i at 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 certain points i just stopped because it there was too many mm-hmm. so the i started doing like little hatch marks and the two categories in which i made hatch marks are like how many scenes are there that are completely about lingering gaze? Like when, mm-hmm. a, when a man's gaze lingers just a little bit too long on Clarice. Um, and I, count, I stopped counting at 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. There are 25 shots where, and it's subtle. It's not anything super overt or that Jonathan Demi is hitting you over the head with, but where shots are of men already looking at Clarice or lingering on Clarice. And then I also took hatch marks of shots where the men in the room are taller are like much bigger than her. And that one, I stopped counting at 15 because there was just, there was just so many. And of course, Jodie Foster's short, so that's easy to do. But yes, it is easy to do. And I looked it up because I was like, she's like five, three in real life. Mm-hmm. That's a choice. Like, yes, they look. I mean, Jodie Foster. I'm not saying Jodie Foster got cast because she's five, three. She's fucking Jodie Foster. Right. But look, I, I am 
in there are way I, I am five foot six. I have been on camera most often because of these commercials I do with our friend Brandon, who is, I don't know, seven, probably seven or eight inches taller than I am. Mm-hmm. There are ways to shoot Brandon and I where we look maybe not the same height, but relatively, relatively the same I stand height. on a box or they move Brandon back. Hell, they, they've made Tom Cruise look as tall as Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, or Charlize Theron or whatever. Right, and they're uh, giantesses. And uh, um, th- this is, the way Demi shoots it is to dwarf her. I mean, yeah. to cast men who are six foot whatever, who are mm-hmm. probably close to a foot taller than her, mm-hmm. put her in a position where oftentimes she's like in the front Surra- of her, yeah. surrounded. Um and the thing that always gets me with the elevator, with the funeral home, she I in think, the in the forensic office also, in foren- like yes. in, in the medical examiners. I know exactly what you're going to say. I think this is a testament to both Jodie Foster's just God given gift to be on film and the way Demi shoots it. Um, she still commands the center of the screen. She right. still commands the power in the scene, even when. I mean, God, in the elevator, she doesn't come up to their shoulders. No, not even, (laughs) not even. And like her performance is so subtle and wonderful. And she does this thing where, you know, and I was telling you this last night, and this is part of why I was like, I think that like the times have just passed me by. I was, when I was watching, when I watched Silence of the Lambs, and I know it's like a very exaggerated or histrionic example, but it, it puts me, I, it's so relatable. Like I can, I can relate to Clarice. I can relate to being a woman in, in an, everybody can, like all women can of a certain age and having to navigate certain industries or certain jobs and having to know how to code switch, right. Having to know when to be authoritative and when to kind of like put on the flirtatious thing, you mm-hmm. know, and she, she does it a lot and she's not comfortable with it. You can tell she's absolutely not comfortable when Dr. Chilton comes on to her and, and she has to turn him down. Fucking asshole. Yeah, and then, worse. yeah. And then he says to her, you could have told me this. And then, you know, I, would I wouldn't have, have had to walk. And she says, Oh, but then I would have not had the pleasure of your company. Yeah. Or when the two other scientists come on to her or whatever, she, you can see she's not comfortable with any of it, but she does it because it is a necessary thing of succeeding in this job. And she knows she has to do it. Yeah. She knows she has to. And when she gets rid of the cops at the when she's like, she goes full West Virginia, right? She and told, she's like, oh my God, that's so good. I noticed be, that the yesterday. The family would be so happy. They would thank you if they could, but you got to go on now. We got it. And it's like the sweetest, most polite Southern. Yeah. And she takes. Thing. Yeah. And then when she's in, when she is in with, with Lecter and he asks her about Crawford and he gets, you know, he gets vulgar and he's like, you think he wants to fuck you or whatever. And she just immediately, like she cuts him to the quick. She's like, that type of stuff doesn't interest me, doctor. You know, like she, she knows what situation she's in and she code switches for each. Right. And, and I I really go ahead. No, I was going to say, which is, is I think gets easier. Gets some people write it off because Lecter is such a sort of grand 
he's Hopkins and Hopkins plays it to the hilt, right? Right. Foster is doing so much subtle, brilliant shit in that movie. Um, and I think Demi would, I think Hopkins would, I think ever all of that yeah. fucking won, right? Like, yeah. Um, but it's a, to me, that's a much harder thing to do, especially when you're playing opposite, you know, Hopkins, who at times could be playing fucking Lear uh, right, up right. there. You know, that's the kind of character Lecter is. Right. Um, and I just, I just don't, you know, I'm going to jump a little bit now to Clarice because it's what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is like to turn her into a 2021 girl boss. Oh my God, dude. You know, it just, it, I felt, I felt like my experience as a young woman in the nineties through seen through this iconic character mm-hmm. has been erased. Yeah, I, 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 you texted me that last night and I completely understand. I can't say completely understand because I, I don't have the same experience as you, obviously. But um, I was struck immediately at what they did to this character. This right. And iconic fucking character. Yeah. And it's, it's a, related to like what we, when we talk about the craft and the new craft, but <laughs> at least in that travesty, the 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 sequel or whatever they are different they're different characters they're different it takes place now right and it takes place now right clarice picks up a year after she has caught buffalo bill yes so so clarice for those of you who don't know premiered last night which was thursday we're recording this on friday Mm -hmm. um on cbs and like you said it takes it it takes up a year after she has caught and killed Buffalo Bill. Right. Spoilers. If you haven't seen Silence of the Lambs. I don't know what to tell you. Um, There is an interesting thing, and I don't want to get bogged down in this because what you're saying is way more important, but I do want to point this out. Because of bizarre Hollywood shit, the rights to the character of Hannibal Lecter are owned separately than the rights to all of the other material from Thomas Harris's novels. So in Clarice this show, they cannot legally say the name Hannibal Lecter. And so they refer to him like offhanded as a therapist or her past therapist. But because of that, I think the focus at the beginning of this show, just to sort of set the stage is she has been dealing with some form of PTSD, right? I think Mm -hmm. related to to Buffalo Bill. And so Buffalo Bill becomes the sort of boogeyman in her dreams and visions. And we almost all but ignore the existence of Hannibal Lecter. Which, at the end of Silence of the Lambs, you need to know it's very important, has escaped. Yes, yes. He has made his escape. He is on the lamb. (laughs) He is on the lamb. Uh, And he... By the end of the movie, by the end of the story, he is he's fixated on Clarice. Yeah, he calls um, her. That's the last thing, really. It's the last thing he does. He calls Clarice to say, hello, I just want you to know, you should not worry. I think the world is far more interesting with you in it. I'm not going to come after you. Right. That's what he says to her. Yeah. But can you imagine? Like, she's killed Buffalo Bill. She knows that yes. he's, he's dead. That's over. 
but to know that there is a highly, highly, highly dangerous killer in the world who has fixated on you. Right. And also that you share an odd connection with. Right. I mean, and I don't want to get into the, because like when they get into Hannibal and it just goes off the, Hannibal the movie, I'm not talking about, and it goes off the rails, but no, they share a connection. One of the first things he does is get a dude to kill himself because he did essentially threw his fucking jizz at At her, at her. Right. Like Hannibal won't abide that. Right. talks this guy into murdering himself yeah so they they are connected i think obviously he's fixated on her because she's the only one who's intellectually capable of handling him right and she has no guile i also think that it's because she is not like chilton he hates chilton because chilton and we talked about this yesterday because i texted you when i was watching it and i said i've often wondered how how Lecter feels about Barney, the the, the, the guard. Uh-huh. And I like to think that he likes Barney. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think so. And it's because Barney lacks guile. They are open and authentic about who they are in the world. And Clarice, I don't think that at the time when we meet Clarice, I don't think Clarice has realized her own brilliance. No, I, I, I think you're right. And I think it, it's shown really well. I think Demi and Ted Talley, who wrote it, who oh, also, yeah. I mean, come on. It's a really good, he, they do a really good thing of like, clearly she's a brilliant, she's brilliant, right? Yeah. And she works really hard at the kind of other aspect of being an agent. She studies super hard. She studies super hard. But like, there are still things she's not like she misses the guy in the corner in the training exercise. And right. like she clearly has to work harder to stay upright when a dude who's six foot four is fucking punching, right? Her mm-hmm. and she's holding the thing. So it's she is still struggling just to she's gotta graduate. Like she's not already, yeah, she doesn't know what she is yet. And I I mean this uh, we keep going back and forth, but I love those things. I love those things. Of course. Because you know. It's we we keep going back and forth in the world about this, like uh, are men equal to women and all that kind of stuff. And and this movie so brilliantly illustrates that men and women are capable of doing the same job. Right. Yeah. But maybe women are going to be better at some aspects of the job. And men are going to be better at other aspects of the job. That clearly, when when we're when we're meeting her, right, mm-hmm. we see that the the giant men that surround her are clearly better at the physical aspects of the job. Not because they're physically better, but because they're stronger. And it takes she's tinier than they are. Yeah, I know I mean, people, people are going to hate me after this podcast. Okay, but but she is she is much better at like looking at tiny details and like noticing patterns and stuff like that. Yeah. So this is, I mean, they can hate us both. I don't give a shit anymore. This is ridiculous. She is not, look, she is, it is set up that no, she is not a physical fucking specimen. Like some of these dudes are in the same way that I'm a dude. 
I am by no means a physical specimen. I'm not sure if you if you realize that, Christy. But uh, if there was someone who is six four and trains every day, of course he could beat the shit out of me. Like, right. wake the fuck up. That's part of the fucking movie. And to combat that, she has to be better at other things. And she has she to be smarter. Because yeah. she's fucking smarter and she works harder and she's clever enough or smart enough to know how sometimes easily men can be manipulated. And right. she does that well. And so yeah. her and Lecter find this connection because he is also incredible at knowing exactly what needs to be done to get what he wants from the specific person he is talking to. Right. And so they end up just talking very honestly with each other. Right. Right. Um, Like she doesn't try and trick him or anything. She's like, all right. No. And then yeah. And, And she doesn't lie. And he even says, if you lie, I'll know it. And she knows he'll know it. (laughs) Right. um, Exactly. So I I wrote down this quote thinking about what you were texting me last night and some of what we were talking about. And there's a a woman who's, I think, a really great media critic. She writes for uh, RogerEbert.com. Her name is uh, Roxana or I think Roxana Haddadi. And she wrote, this is how she opened her review, which I thought was fucking so dead on. Clarice Starling is difficult to make unremarkable, but that's unfortunately the result. And that's her talking about the show Clarice. Um, And she, because she's in the media, a lot of reviews that I read, they got several episodes. They've been allowed to watch the first few. Um, So I won't go into everything she says because she spoils things that, that aren't available to the public yet or you know, you know, so, um, yeah, but I mean, that's what she keeps coming back to that. They took this truly remarkable character, um, and made her utterly unremarkable. I, 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 I agree. I mean, it's so, it's so like now it's so yeah. like, uh, TikTok fast. Do you know yeah. what? I, like, I don't, I don't even know what that means, but it's just so kind of like, and that's part of what, Part of what I love about Clarice is her poor working class background. Part of what I love about her is that she had a hard childhood and that she surpasses all of that stuff to become this incredible uh, agent, this incredible FBI agent, this incredible profiler, and that she has to fight all of like her. She 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 fails and she has failed and she is still remarkable like even when she tries to make the world better like Dante was mentioned this last night where it's like you know part of her tragedy is that in becoming an FBI agent is that even as a youngster she wanted to save those lambs she wanted to do the right thing Mm -hmm. and she didn't like she still they still killed the little lamb and that's why she has to keep going and she has to keep trying and fighting and that's what makes her remarkable it's right. not that she wants to be a girl boss it's no. not that she wants to stand up to the men and and do what's right because she's a girl and you can't tell me what to do it's that she knows that her place in this world 90s world mm-hmm. is difficult and hard to navigate yeah and she is still remarkable yes I think one of the best lines in the movie when she's talking about the lambs, when she's, when they finally get to that and she's running with it 
And she just keeps saying it was so heavy. It was so heavy. Um, she can't save everything. Right. Um, and also at the same time, she doesn't hide from the fact that she is ambitious. Right. But her ambition is based on wanting to do good. Um, and it's naturally, it's natural to be fucking ambitious for a lot of people, regardless right. of gender. Um, it's not, like you said, there's a difference between being ambitious and wanting to succeed and succeed and being a fucking girl boss. Um, right. And, this, and, and that's what they make Clarice. That's what they turn her into. Like she, she has completely cowered. Yeah. Like she is completely like, oh, I don't want this. Or like, yeah. I don't know. I just got that feeling like, like she was pulling away or, or. Yeah. She talks about it. it, it this it's such garbage. It's utter fucking garbage. And I, I will, I will bring it to this question. Why I think it's even truly fucking more egregious than just a bad fucking TV show, which there are plenty, a lot of, of which I watch. Why? Why? If you want to make your perfect fucking millennial heroine, go write your own goddamn cop show. Right. Why is this about Clarice fucking Starling? Right. And make make, make her. No, it's true. And make her a fucking millennial. Yes. This is what I mean. It's like this is why I, I opened by saying, like, I feel like I have been passed by. I feel like my experience and the experience of an entire generation of women that is, is okay. So maybe, I don't know, maybe we didn't stand up when we were supposed to, maybe we didn't call out people when we were supposed to, maybe we, we played the game a little bit too much to get where we wanted to get. But that is my experience. That is a lot of our experience and to just take one of the icons of our generation, female icons, that it Silence of the Lambs is a feminist fable. It is. Yeah. And to take it and to change her to reflect attitudes and values of 2021 is like erasing me. I, I agree. And and on top of that, from a from an aesthetic or an entertainment or media it's done in such an uninteresting way. Yeah. I mean, they made Clarice with all of these things we're talking about, but it was like, holy shit, okay, these people are fucking doing something. Then I would cop to that. This right. is, you put your 2021, which is bizarre because I looked up the people who wrote it are our age and I'm like, you should know fucking better. Yeah. Um, but uh, they did all that. They stripped her of everything that made her her, that everything that made her iconic, of everything that made her of the time that this show still takes place in. This does not take place in 2021. It takes place in 1993. They did that. And then they still made a goddamn uninteresting fucking cop show. Right. Uh, it, it's just it's to me, it's it ends up being the most cynical, cynical and pandering. Um, and I found myself angrier than I imagined I would be yeah. uh, at a TV show right now. And it might be because I, I think like you had, like I watched silence of the lambs and then like an hour or two later watched this pilot. Yeah. And I just, I, I know that the, the Jenny Lumet is who is Sydney Lumet's daughter and married to Bobby Cannavale is one of the writers. Um, oh, okay. And I don't know, I, I'm not familiar with 
her work. I, I, I just, and I'm going to say it, I don't give a fuck. I just know that the, the trend right now in TV writing and in all right, in all kind of like a mass consumption writing is so much about everything being PC and being correct, right? You have to include everybody. And I'm like, I'm all for inclusion. I fucking love Bridgerton. I love Harlots, you know, and I think that like shows like Bridgerton and Harlots are actual more authentic reflections of what, you know, 17th, 18th century England and Europe were. I mean, that's a major port of call. So, of course, there's going to be all kinds of sure. people there. Right. And yes. I, you know, before that period pieces have been whitewashed. So to include all kinds of people, fantastic. But Jonathan Demi is doing something very very specific with Silence yes. of the Lambs. He didn't cast all white men or mostly white men because he wasn't aware that black actors existed right. or that there were female cops or anything like that. He's doing a specific thing because he is telling the story of how this woman navigates the world, a world that is run and controlled by white men. Yeah. And if you don't know that, and if you can't watch Silence of the Lambs and discern that from what you are watching, then you have no fucking business taking Silence of the Lambs and making it 2021. I, I am in, I completely agree with you. Um, and and I, I, I would like to say, like, in addition, this is this is nothing against Rebecca Breeds, uh, who plays Clarice. Um, She's got big shoes to fill. Shoes that are so large that not even Julianne Moore could right. fill them. Exactly. Um, and I and I think in the case of Julianne Moore in Hannibal, and then even more so in this, uh, and I say this as a huge fan of Julianne Moore. I mean, she's one of my favorite actors, and it's I'm rare. A fan of her bush. Oh my! I mean, come on, <laughs> so hot. <laughs> Uh, you know, I like redheads, Christy. Um, yes. so, uh, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff I think Julianne Moore is absolute genius in. I don't think she is in Hannibal. I think she comes up way short as Clarice. And I think part of that is a testament to how good Foster is mm -hmm. um, in that role, how much that role is Foster. Like it is right. pretty Foster. Mm -hmm. Um, you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Um, but, but also Hannibal is not nearly as well written as Silence of the Lambs. And and this show is not even as well written as Hannibal. It's, it's like not as mess. Exactly. It's not <laughs> as well written as Hannibal the movie or Hannibal the TV series. TV yeah, yeah. It's not as well written as Manhunter. And it's right. not as well written as Red Dragon. It's just not. And all of those, all of those iterations suffer by comparison to Silence of the Lambs. And they shouldn't because they're all different. But Silence of the Lambs is superior. It really is. And I really feel like in Hannibal, it's not it's not Julianne Moore's fault. Right. She, I agree. It, 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 yeah. It's we not know she's a very capable actor. Right. And part of it is that part of the mistake, I think, is that it's she's to me in in Hannibal, the character of Clarice is over sexualized. Absolutely. You know, there's in in Silence of the Lambs. It's not about. Clarice's sexuality and we can get into whole other discussions about essays that I've read that sure. talk specifically about sex and gender and orientation and all that kind of stuff and they they make me angry it makes me angry so we can touch upon it or not it nah. doesn't matter to me but um 
it's not about her sexuality. It's not about, or, or it's, it's, it's about her hiding it, right? It's about her battling against having to appear overly feminine. And that's just the truth. I mean, the first shot that we get of Clarice in Silence of the Lambs is her running through the forest wearing, and they could have very easily put her in running shorts. I mean, those existed. They could have easily put her in- We did have shorts in the 90s. We we did have shorts in the 90s. We had bike shorts even. Crazy. Um, Crazy. We had Lycra. (laughs) Um, and they don't they put her in old-timey sweatpants and she is sweaty and her hair looks terrible and she's Mm -hmm. not wearing makeup i mean she's jodie foster so she still looks gorgeous yeah but because she like can photograph like nobody else but but throughout the whole movie you know she there's an emphasis that is put on her not being sexual right um and i mean i think that that is another she, it's another way in which she, she she wants to be taken she does want to be taken seriously and it's so funny because like in life like me and my, like my girlfriends that i have like it's it is every woman knows this right and every woman can make this joke and everybody every woman knows exactly what you're talking about when you say it but when you go like i went to the grocery store today and i went in my fucking sweatpants with no makeup on and that guy still fucking hit on me right like, that man still looked at me up and down like i was naked right yeah. i'm 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 literally wearing no makeup right right and uh that's you know always getting at something specific well and, and in hannibal they sort of undo that i think right right in, and in and in yeah and in silence of the lambs she has that she still has that problem you know where yeah. she is not giving out any signals she and, is doing her job she is just existing. She is just existing. Yeah. And she has to constantly battle and, and I, per, the professionalism of the men. And I mean, the thing, another thing that, that Demi and Ted Talley, I, and, and, and hey, I, I'll give Thomas Harris some credit too. I yeah. should probably go back to his source <laughs> material. It's every kind of man. It's not just... The, the prototypical alpha male, six foot four, punch your face in FBI agent. No. It is the uber, uber nerds. Right. The, the like, the guys who figure out what kind, that it's the, what is it? The death's head moth or whatever. The death's head moth. It's, ev- it's every kind of guy. Every it's kind every of guy. Every kind of guy. I and mean. He, and he's not saying that it's. Demi's also not saying that those men are evil. Like he's also not saying that that is a bad thing. I mean, good Lord uh, with men, you know, whatever. But, but he is saying that this is a thing that she has to deal with Yes, as a woman in life. And, and it is, it is parallel to trying to save a woman in silence of the lambs that ha- has that no like she's the only one there are things about her because of the way Clarice lives and because of the way she thinks and how smart she's the only one yeah um if this were any other FBI agents that we meet in the movie at least right that girl would die in in the well Mm -hmm. um all of these things that Clarice has to deal with and has learned how to deal with and overcome or accept or whatever is what enables her to succeed where everyone else fails. Yeah. Um, and that starts with 
she being the only one Lecter is even willing to talk to. Right. Um, and I, I, there, I think I, so I wrote this down um, and, and this was about Clarice and then just some of the stuff you and I were sort of texting about last night. Uh, and I, I wrote like, it's still okay to have a complex character, even if it's a woman. <laughs> um, I, 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 I am so, and this is not, I'm not saying every show does this or, or every whatever. I am so dismayed by the idea that if we're going to have a female protagonist, she can't be horrifically flawed. Um, and, and I don't even, her maybe horrifically is the wrong word, but Clarice is in, in the movie is flawed mm-hmm. because she's a, a human being. Right. So maybe sometimes her ambition does get the best of her. Right. And she has to realize that and make up for it. Right. Um, it I, I don't, I, I'm so bored of characters who are just right, who are always right and who always do the right thing. Right. Who are above reproach. Who are above reproach. And, and to, to me, to, to, to have a, I, and I may be way off and I don't care anymore. Um, that to me is so much more sexist uh, pr- than, than having an actual fucking human being uh, as a woman uh, protagonist. I, I just, it, it's just such fucking garbage. Absolutely. So last night when I was watching the show, right. And we get, we get to the end part to the end. Right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we should say that Clarice in Clarice gets called upon by uh, the mother of Catherine. Oh, what was, what's, it's Catherine, is it Catherine? Um, The the senator. Carpenter, right? Yeah, she has to go. Oh, Martin, Catherine Martin. Catherine Martin, right? She gets called upon by Catherine Martin's mother, um, who is the senator, love your suit, uh, in Silence of the Lambs. Um, and she's now governor or something like that. And she's attorney like attorney general, attorney general. And so now you're going to Clarice, you're going to go work with this task force because there are these, <laughs> these killings that are happening and blah, blah, blah. And Clarice is supposedly, she's like, that's not where I belong. I don't want to work there. I want to go back to blah, blah, blah. And, and, um, whereas, I don't know, I just had a problem with that too. I agree. I, I had a problem with that too. Cause I was like, why? I mean, this is what she wanted. Yes. She, she. This is exactly what she wanted to achieve. And yeah, there's PTSD and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's kind of freaky. But this is exactly what she wanted. Uh-huh. So if somebody, especially the attorney general, called me and said, hey, we need you on a task force, I would be like, yes, I yeah. will be on the task force and I will deal with my PTSD shit later because that's real life. Um, yeah, so, and, and especially on a task force committed to doing the thing that th- that she wanted to do to 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 essentially profile. save the goddamn lambs. <laughs> right, exactly. So she she reluctantly goes to work on this task force because these these bodies have been discovered, and she has to go work under this hard ass guy. Okay, so does that guy? The older guy, does he, John suggested that his character ends up being Ray Liotta's character. Yes. Later. Okay, so 
He, he is he, briefly seen in Lambs. In, in Lambs. Um, Lambs. That character comes up in Silence of the Lambs briefly. Different actor. Uh-huh. But in Hannibal, that's Ray Liotta. Okay. Who meets... Uh-huh. <laughs> just a ridiculous demise. <laughs> I know. Ridiculous. Um, but anyway, so she has to work under him and he clearly has a problem with her or like I was also confused about that I I thought he is he's clearly I mean he's in charge and he's much older and he has much more experience Mm -hmm. so yeah he's going to be hard on her of course he's going to be hard on her yeah it, it it comes off in this that like they're annoyed that she got famous um I, you know, again, I, don't know. I like I have no idea what it was, but it's to me to to me like it is perfectly reasonable that the person that you are working under that knows nothing about you will test you out. Right. Sure. Or or kind of like, you know, takes you down a few notches. Yeah. Right. Which is I, what would happen. Like it happens in Silence of the Lambs. Right. So when Crawford calls her and says, hey. Miggs is dead because of what what he did to you. Lecter whispered to him all night and he swallowed his own tongue, whatever, whatever, yeah. spoilers. Uh, and Clarice is all like, oh, I don't know how to feel about that. And Crawford's like, no, 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 no. You don't have to feel any way about it. It's not about you. He's a psycho, right? Yeah. So she has to take a step back and remember, oh, right. This has nothing to do with me, which is what we're talking about. She's flawed. Yes. You know, yeah. she lets it go to her head a little bit. Yeah. And Um, and again, flawed in in a very human way. In a very human way. But in this, when we get to the end of the series and he says to her, you are going to tell people that we have caught this killer, Mm -hmm. that it was a serial killer, that we have caught this killer and that, you know, we're taking care of it. We will investigate the conspiracy thing without you. Right. But for right now, you're going to go in front of the cameras and you're going to say that we caught him. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong or maybe I'm getting old or maybe I'm now Jeffrey Jones and not Matthew Broderick and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But I'm like, that seems reasonable to me. Like that. Why do you want to alert? Sure. Why do you want to alert the public? And what business is it? What business is it of theirs anyway, right now yeah. at this point? So at- right. Aspen like, watched it when she, I ended up, she ended up kind of half watching it. And when that happened, she just turns to me and goes, well, she's going to get fired now. Right. Right. That's like, what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I was like, your superior officer said to do this. Yeah. Right. And you've got to, f- I don't know. It just seems so like I'm thinking of it in real world terms and I'm yeah. going, that seems like that's the hill you're going to die on. You're, you're superior, yeah. Your superior officer told you to do this. Because the attorney general of the United States told him to do it. Right. But you're not going to do that because you're a girl boss and you're Uh going to show people that an old white dude doesn't tell you what to do. And we're going to say the victim's names, which. And we're going to say the victim's names and then we're going to talk about conspiracy theories. Yeah. About big pharma. (laughs) Like I was just like, really? And then just like really pushing it with a. When I was growing up in West Virginia, 
And what was the story that she told? She told some story about a lizard. Am I wrong? I, am I misremembering? Yes, yeah. Um, and then I had they, a lizard when I was in West Virginia or some bullshit. She had this part where they were like, they call me Frankenstein and they call me Rapunzel and they call me. I'm like, well, why? You're not showing me anything yeah. that would need this. Uh, nobody, you're not sh- showing anything. Nobody talks like that. No. And again, I don't blame. Uh, I don't blame the actor. I, I don't think. No, nah, yeah, she I, was. She was. She's not a girl boss. No, she's not. Yeah, she's doing she what's was, written. She was um, given these words, and she's doing was what's written yeah, because this is her. This is her big break. Yeah. like Clarice. Like Clarice. <laughs> um, on a on a different like non cultural note, just on a purely like how this pilot is made, the cop work is such bullshit. Yeah. Like, it's such bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's such bullshit. The way the way she she discovers all the clues. Oh God! And then her partner, who just has happened, like he's our he's our army sniper guy. Oh, okay, great. I guess right. every task force has an army sniper. I'm not gonna argue. It's like you see this cigarette butt on the ground. Yeah. This is how army snipers smoke. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? He's like, no, we put it all the way out. I was like. So do I, um, because I'm a smoker who sometimes is weird about fire and likes to make sure that things are out. Yes. Not necessarily because I think somebody's watching me smoke on a balcony and it's going to shoot me. I know this will come as a surprise to our fans and followers. I was never an army sniper. (laughs) (laughs) Last night I was thinking... What does Michael's cousin think about this show? I'm going to actually, that's a great question. And I actually, I wrote that down too. My guess is he hasn't had a chance to see it um, yet. No, Um, because he's an actual FBI agent. agent. But he does like to watch shows. I mean, and and he and I used to talk uh, years ago, like, you know, he's a little older than I am. It's not that old. He's like 40 God, 48 or 49 now. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he said he sort of has, because he, Used to do theater. He's married to a stage manager. He's talking about my ah. cousin now. But he's like kind of has this dream, like when he gets older, older and doesn't, you know, wants to retire of like, how do you become like an FBI consultant on a television show? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, or, or a movie or whatever. I, um, thought so you were, I thought you were going to say that he had this dream of retiring and going back to doing community. He's going to play Lear in a community production. Which then um, I had an idea about our <laughs> idea for the Lifetime movies, but this, we can talk about that later. Uh, cool. So, no, I mean, so he still does try to watch uh, these types of shows, you know. Uh-huh. Um, he was the one who messaged totally. us. It's like, your badges are out. on the wrong side. <laughs> your badges are on the wrong side. <laughs> Damn <laughs> Um, you get associate producer credit. So, I, yeah, I will definitely ask him uh, when he has a chance to to sort of see what he thinks. Um, and I, the reason I brought up his theater and all that, he is good about balancing this is real world. Sure. And, and, and I still understand that this is a story that has to have a dramatic arc. I have to imagine the cigarette thing would make his head explode. Sure. Like, <laughs> and I totally understand that. Like there is dramatic license and all that kind of stuff. But as we've mentioned before, you may be surprised that I am also not an FBI sniper. Crazy. Or detective or anything. <laughs> and even we can tell when the procedural stuff is kind of like 
What? Come on. Yeah. I look out of here. That's exactly right. And so, and, and there, there, there are times there are things. Okay. Like I I know you have to go soon. I'll, I'll try to wrap this up quick. Agatha Christie. And then I think many, many, many years later, Mark Frost and, and uh, David Lynch and, and also Arthur Conan Doyle and Dick Wolf and Dick, Dick Wolf. Um, they will set up detectives who are brilliant in a way that we cannot comprehend, right? right. So that if Poirot or uh, Holmes, Holmes or um, Agent Cooper says, I saw an acorn in a dream and this is what it means, you're like, fuck yeah, no, absolutely. Right. This is not, this doesn't exist in that world. No. <laughs> No, it doesn't. The whole point of Clarice is that she works hard. Yes. Yeah. She's good good at what she does, but also she works. She works hard. And and even in in Silence of the Lambs, as hard as she works, she still knows she she needs Lecter's help. Yeah. Um, she, She can't make, because she's not a sociopath or a psychopath or whatever she's not a serial killer there are certain honestly certain acts of evil that take place in and violence that take place that she can't get to mm-hmm. without him get helping, helping her, her get because yeah. it would never occur you know right um so uh this show sucks yeah so <laughs> we think that you should go watch uh Silence of the Lambs again. Um, And I I don't know, people, um, people watch whatever the fuck they want. But if, if, if you come at me and you say that you like Clarice, I will, you know, I don't know. I guess we're not friends anymore. Yeah. I, uh, I I would also say if if you've never seen Manhunter. Oh, so good. Yeah. It's so good. It's, and it's very Michael Mann and eighties and neon and all that stuff. But um, in my opinion, one of, the greatest slash most underrated actors uh, in the world, um, Brian Cox, mm-hmm. plays Lecter. He's the mm-hmm. first Lecter on film. Um, it's different than Hopkins, and it, but it's so, he's so fucking good. He's so good. And the other person in that movie that is also underrated and is also brilliant. He, I mean, he has a niche, but he's also, is Tim Noonan. Oh, man. As Francis Dollarhide. Yeah, I mean, I, he is just maybe what we should do is we should watch Manhunter and Red Dragon together and compare and contrast. I'm in. Because I love it. I love I love both of those films. I do, too. Movies. And I think um, it's fun because the way Noonan, again, I think based on just what he is as an actor and also his bizarre, insane physical presence, because he's mm-hmm. a giant, like a literal fucking giant. It's like six. Yeah. Um, the way he does dollar hide versus fines. Mm-hmm. I think they're both brilliant, but very different. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Hopkins comes back in red dragon for like two scenes. Right. Um, but so you also get to see uh, the different take on um, Lecter. On, on Lecter. And I, I think that like Manhunter is like one of the best ever uses of Inagata Devita. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. In the world. And I love that. um, And so we should just do this next week. Just go Red Dragon and maybe we'll watch, I don't know, maybe I'll throw in, um, uh, maybe I'll watch Hannibal again. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to watch Hannibal yesterday just for fun. And then I couldn't after watching Silence of the No, you don't want to taint it. 
it's just so wonderful. I mean, I have to say like that first, and I know I do have to go in a few seconds, but like that first meeting with Hannibal, because, you know, he does like Demi does put you in this like super professional world, Uh super professional world. And then you are immediately transported to like horror movie world. Yeah. That first visit to Hannibal and that first that first visit when she first first meets Lecter is still terrifying in a way that I cannot put my finger on. I mean, no. it is just so tense. Tense. And 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 I again, I you have I think you have everybody at the top of their games. You have Demi, um all the designers, everybody who's working on it, all mm-hmm. of the crew, everyone. Um and then Foster who's just doing brilliant work. And then um, Hopkins, who can do for all of his, I, you know, ate it with a side of Chianti and all of the one liners that get remembered and his sort of broad sort of things. Um, his uh, ability to remain completely and utterly still. I know that sounds weird, maybe to some people. No, it's preternatural. Absolutely staggering. Yeah. It is staggering. Um he does it in Westworld too. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't understand. I remember talking to Spencer when we were watching, I was like, I, I know that is what I would love, what I like would like to achieve, you know? Yeah. He is the ultimate I, in, I, in doing nothing. I, I, I don't, I don't understand. I can't yeah. comprehend. Um, yeah. He, he is the ultimate actor in like doing the least amount and, and having the most effect. If, 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 if y'all haven't seen magic, Oh my um, god! In podcast landia, if you've never seen Magic, go watch Magic with him and Anne Margaret. Great it's, horror movie. It's astounding. Puppets. It's astounding. It's fantastic. Yeah, um, jo- John doesn't like it. I bet. Uh, cool. Okay, so we'll we'll regroup and we'll dig deeper into the the world of of Hannibal Lecter. This sounds super fun. Yeah, because, I'm actually excited. Yeah, I haven't I, watched either of those movies in a long time. So, um, yeah, and uh, you know, keep. Keep raging against mediocrity. <laughs> Keep on trucking. <laughs> All right. I will All right. Uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.